When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. This is a Zoom call. We are going to the Rocket City in Alabama, Huntsville. And I have... What many people in the music community community would call uh, a famous photographer in that area uh, by dra- <laughs> by dragon dragonfly imagery, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, dude, I cannot tell you how many of my music friends, when they play the Huntsville scene, and you, and if you happen to capture them, they use your photos because you do such a fine job. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think you were using the uh, term famous a little loosely here, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that part it, it, in. It, it, it's, it's famous to our crowd. Well, that's that's the crowd I want to be famous with. That's it. And not only that, we're also here to talk about your book, uh, Sidetrack Music Hall. Yep. Uh, and that, that is a historic uh place it's a music hall that is no longer in existence is that correct that's correct and you know it you know a lot of people may look at it and go the historic part might be a stretch because it was only open for five years so it doesn't have a lengthy history but just the amount of talent you know local and regional and national that came through there was it's just you know mind-blowing you know i've seen some amazing shows down there with a packed house and sometimes with it empty so, you know, you call it historic just strictly because of the bands that played there. The talent that came through there was just immeasurable. memories made. Oh, yeah. Tons of memories. You know, I, that was my hangout. And uh, when I was told it was closing it, you know, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. You know, I still miss it. And, and Bud, just before we get going, is uh, people like you uh, doing the photography or even now writing this book about this uh venue it, it takes people like you in these music communities to really make a music community and so i really do appreciate the work that you put in well, thank you for saying so and uh i enjoyed it. it's not like work you know when i get to go to a show yeah. and and take pictures you know i'm listening to you know sometimes some of my favorite bands sure. uh and i get to listen to music and take pictures so it's like it's not like work it's very enjoyable yeah and that's the thing about it. It's it's the opposite of it. It's like uh, well, you, if you find something you enjoy doing, you'll never work a day in your life. But you know as well as I do, um, I, I play a little music and I do a little podcasting. But I do have a day job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, them dang day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, let's get rolling, bud. Tell All me right. a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? Where were you born and raised? I was born, actually born in uh, Louisiana. And uh, it'd be hard to think, but I've been in Huntsville since I was three months old. You know, my dad's from South Carolina. He ended up in Alexandria. They used to have an Air Force base there. Met my mom, got out of the Air Force, went to work for IBM, moved to Huntsville. And I've been here for the most part ever since. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I've got that Louisiana you know, I guess some people call it a little bit of coon ass in me and a little bit of Cajun back down the line. So, but, uh, you know, I've been here in Huntsville, this North Alabama area for a while for God, I don't even want to say how long it'll kind of give away my age. Well, man, tell me a little bit about growing up. Uh, I mean, music happens to be uh, a big part of your life. Also some photography. And so just kind of walk me through how you would find 
um, these art forms that you really enjoy? Well, music wise, you know, growing up, you know, I listened to various things. Uh, of course, back then, you know, a lot of times you what you'd hear would be on the radio. Uh, occasionally, you'd uh, be able to get a new eight track. You know, that's how far back it goes. And uh, one year, 1976, my sister asked me if I wanted to go to a concert with her and her boyfriend. I'm like, sure. Uh, I've never been. Yeah, I'd like to go. I'd like to see what it's like. And little did I know that it was uh, Kiss was in town. Doctor Doctor Hook and Kiss. In and, and, you know, it's 1976. So, you know, everybody knows there was a little bit of smoke and grass going on. So. We had the buzz on and I get to the show and I'd never heard of kiss. I'd never heard a song. I'd never seen a picture. How old are you? 70, 14, 15 years old. Okay. Okay. And, uh, get there. And, you know, of course there's people walking around in their, their kiss makeup and their costumes. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Freak out. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, what exactly is going on here? This is pretty cool. And Dr. Hook come out and did his set. And I was like, well, that was that was interesting because at one part, it almost felt like he was about to uh, expose himself. And I was like, okay, this is this is pretty wild. And then, and of course, Kiss comes out and they start blowing things up, you know, the, the flash pots and, you know, Gene Simmons spitting fire and spitting mm-hmm. blood. And, you know, after it's over, I was like, fucking rock and roll. Let's do this. You know, I was yeah. hooked at that point. Let's, let's find the rock and roll. So... You know, back in the 70s, Huntsville, I wouldn't call it a hot spot, but it's one of those spots where in between Nashville, Birmingham, Atlanta, and Memphis. So we get a lot of stop throughs. You know, Aerosmith would come to Ted Nugent. I think I've seen Kiss here four or five times. So it was a lot of people coming through. So it was, you know, I've been going since 76. You know, I've seen a very wide variety of, of acts. Yeah, I mean that's that's good just for culture. I remember, uh, you know, I was telling you just a little bit before we got going. I'm from Kennedy, Alabama. It was just about 45 minutes uh, west of Tuscaloosa, right on the Mississippi-Alabama state line. And as far as culture goes, I mean, this is before the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. If you wanted to get a good show, you would have to go as far as Tupelo, Mississippi, or you would have to go to Birmingham, Alabama. If you wanted to see like a a big show like that. And uh, just just to have that knocking at your door, you know, I mean, that had to be something else, right? Yeah. Well, my big my biggest regret from uh, that time in my childhood, uh, my grandmother who lived in South Carolina uh, came to town uh, one year to to see a guy named Elvis. Yeah, I mean, who's? Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Who is that guy? I think they called him the king of rock and roll, or something like that. Did he have like his hips were so much that they couldn't even show him on TV for a while? Yeah, Ed Sullivan said, "No, we're not showing that." But yeah. uh, she she came to town and was going to see Elvis, and I guess I was twelve, thirteen years old. She goes, "Do you want to go?" I'm like. Nah, I don't want to go see that. And, you know, oh he, my gosh, but you know, that was a 74, I think. So he just, he died shortly after that. So now I look back and I'm like, what a, what an idiot, you know, I should have just sucked it up and went, you know, not, not only would I've got to spend time with my grandmother, I would have got to, you know, see Elvis. Yeah. So, we don't think about that at that time though. I mean, you were probably like teenage years. How lame is it to go to a show? Yeah, you're, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you know all those. You know, there's, there's. That's probably the biggest regret. I think there was another one around '79, maybe early in '80. Some buddies were headed to. I don't remember if it was Nashville or Birmingham. Uh, they were going to see ACDC, and you oh, know it was when Bon when Bon Scott was still alive. So I was like, no, I'll wait. I'll go next time. Well, there was no next time. So that's that's kind of a regret because you know you talk ACDC you know I want to hear Bon Scott. Sure. I'm not a big Brian Johnson fan. He's he's good, but I like Bon Scott. I like the original. Yeah, he was a good pickup. I was listening uh, to a podcast today, and like they were talking about just uh, they were they were actually talking about of uh, ZZ Top and how ZZ Top from as far as we know ZZ Top. 
they've been the same lineup the whole time. And then, you know, the conversation carried on to bands such as ACDC or, or even the Rolling Stones, you know, uh, up until 1994, <clears throat> 1994 up to now, the Rolling Stones have been the same lineup as far as like guys in the band. Mm-hmm. And ACDC is a good example of that when they brought in Brian Johnson. And but like people put so much respect on original lineups as they should. Well, that's what you know. That's what we listened to. You know, I can remember the first time I heard ACDC. I, I want to say I was a junior or a senior in high school. I don't remember. It was in high school, and I went over to a buddy of mine's house, and uh, he said, "Hold on, I got you. Got to hear this new album. It's this new band out of Australia." And he had just bought the uh, If You Want Blood album, the live one. Mm-hmm. And he put it on. I'm like, holy shit, what the hell is that? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like, okay, we got to hear more of these guys. So, you know, we went back and we were finding imports, uh, the old original Powerage release. And uh, uh, somebody somehow we found a copy of the uh, Jailbreak. You know, at that point, you couldn't you couldn't go on YouTube and find these songs you had to you know if you weren't lucky enough to find it in the local record store it just took some real hunting mm-hmm. so but you know we you know we went through high school listening to bond scott so you know when it went to brian johnson uh you know back in black's probably my favorite album that he did just because that's you know that's the introduction to him but uh you know my taste have kind of changed and refined a little bit since high school so I don't listen to a lot of ACDC anymore. Sure. And so, I mean, just like coming up out of high school and uh, you can tell me a little bit like after high school, what would you pursue? Would you go into college? Would you join the workforce? Well, I wasn't really a uh, goal oriented person in high school. Um, I actually graduated and really have a, a real good clue of what I wanted to do. So, I went to a year of college over at uh, University of North Alabama in Florence. Mm-hmm. Pretty well partied myself out of that first year. You pet the lines? Uh, huh? Pet the lines? Oh, hell no, I ain't petting no lines. <laughs> Draw back a nub. <laughs> but then I came back and I talked to uh, a, uh old high school teacher I had, which uh, he was a big influence on you know, me in high school and even after, because I went to him and, you know, asked for advice. So I enrolled in a uh, local community college for uh, radio and TV. And uh, while I was in uh, getting, working on that uh, associate's degree, started working part-time in television and worked in television almost 28 years before I got laid off in 2008. So had a, that seemed like another lifetime ago. How did that how did that start up for you though, bud? How'd you get into television? That's from school. When I went from to school. with radio and TV, uh the local station would call the school and go, I've got, you know, a part time position. If you got any students, you know, send them over. So I applied, got oh, the job nice. and and uh at that point I quit school. You know, yeah. I'm like a three or four time dropout in college. <laughs> Every time I start, I end up quitting. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that, dude. Seemed to work out. What about uh, like as you progressed, uh, two thousand eight, the end of uh, radio and TV. Like, what happened then? Well, I uh, tried a couple of things. I tried the local Fox station to try to get back in TV because you know you're working almost twenty eight years in television production. You know, I was in production. I wasn't in front of the camera. Right. <laughs> and the local Fox station just really wasn't. They didn't have newscasts. So it really wasn't my thing. Uh, left there and uh, actually worked in a gun shop selling guns and ammo for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to get back on a, another TV station that I had first started at. And uh, that uh, things had changed so much. I'd always heard once you're in management, you can't go back. Well, it's true. It just wasn't the same. So this current job I'm at, came along so i've been there since uh november 2009 something like that mm-hmm. so well tell me a little bit about how photography would come into your life well photography i guess kind of goes back a long way i've always been kind of like a 
hobby shutterbug, if you will. I can remember being in the Boy Scouts carrying a camera, and back then cameras aren't what they were. This was a old Kodak. It was a box, and you actually looked down through the top, and you had a thumb. So I'd take something like that on scouting trips, and uh, you know I've always had a camera of some sort close by, whether it's an Instamatic or. And then to end up where I'm at now in photography during the uh, 2020 lockdown. Uh, my fiance got me a drone for my birthday, which was in May, which was shortly after the lockdown started. Sure. And to uh, occupy my mind and keep from going stir crazy, I would go out and uh, just shoot uh, various locations of drone video and come back and edit, pick a song and uh, edit drone video to it. And she kept ranting and raving how good the shots were. You, you know, you got an eye for this. You should go pro and so I did. I started a business. At that time, it was Dragonfly Aerial Imagery because I was trying to sell the drone. Sure. And uh, did a little bit of work that fall shooting uh, youth football, which they were using it for uh, uh, it, game footage. footage, game footage to go back and review games. And then uh, that December 2020, that's when I upgraded my camera from an old Canon, and I went Sony, the uh, mirrorless full frame. And, what made uh, you change? I just read so many good things about what Sony had. You know, their product. You read the some of the reviews, and it's just people ranting and raving how good this camera was and how reliable it was. I said, well, okay, I'll try it. Uh -huh. and, and I bought one Sony, and uh, about a year later, I upgraded to the camera I'm using now. And uh, Sidetracks is really, you know, where uh, I cut my teeth shooting shows. Uh, That's, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Yesick and uh, Shane Bickle, you probably read about them in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Eddie was on part owner, manager, and Shane was a booking agent. And they didn't have any problem, you know, with a, a club like that. As long as the bands didn't have an issue with it, then you could go in and just shoot away. So I went in there and shot and experimented and shot and just kind of honed what I, you know, what I do at concerts. Thanks to sidetracks, you know, they, they were so open with letting us in that, uh, it really helped a lot. Yeah. And I just looking at, you know, I guess it may have been Nikki Simonson that really kind of got us introduced. Um, but ever since I've been introduced to your work, I was like, Man, I gotta play a show in Huntsville to get a shot by Bud Gamble. Man, this guy, this guy knows what's up. Well, I hope I wish you could. Uh, I hope I can't wait for you to see some of the shots I got of Tyler last time. Uh, Tyler Tisdale was in town two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and we hung out for uh, the afternoon and went and did some uh, offstage promo shot. And uh, then I shot his show that night. So uh nobody has seen any of them promo shots yet i think nikki's seen two of them i, I snuck one or two out to her uh, tyler speaks very highly of your work oh tyler's great i mean yeah. his show is just amazing he's a great musician and but like i mean how did you we talked about you growing up and going to these kiss shows and of uh, working in tv and radio I mean, how did you get into photography? Like, where did that, where did it come from? Like, how did you put photography and music together? Well, part of the challenge of being a photographer in a, a town like Huntsville, and I hear it's like that other places, is I can walk out my front door and throw a rock and hit a photographer. There are so many photographers. You know, you see people on Facebook, I need a wedding photographer, I need a portrait sure. photographer, and there's it's like 60 or 70 recommendations so I was trying to come up with something that not everybody else was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a couple other in a couple of others in town that uh, shoot shows and they're good at it, so, but there's not as many portrait. You know, portrait photographers. God, there are tons of them here. So to try to make money doing portraits just didn't look like that was feasible because just so many people were doing it. So the music just. It was kind of twisting off, going in a different direction. Keep going. 
I, that, that was pretty much it on that part. I just, you know, just picking that direction. And, you know, I went down to, you know, side tracks when I, you know, I got the new Sony. I said, Shane, do you mind if I come shoot? He said, no, as long as the artists don't. And I've only ran into a couple that, you know, are with uh, bigger management companies. And it's not like they have a problem. You just have to get permission ahead of time. Sure. And, uh, you know, most people are, I guess most musicians, they like looking at pictures of themselves and, you know, stuff they can use as promo shots and that kind of thing. Not a, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. Not only so much as like an ego thing to look at themselves, but also as something that they could use for a promo. I think you nailed yeah. it with that. Uh, and you you went into it a little bit, but uh, tell me a little bit about meeting the cats at Sidetracks. Yeah, meeting which ones? The, the bands? No, no, no. Like getting your foot in the door. Oh, it, it had kind of... Uh... During 2019, I'm trying to think back. 2019, it kind of started becoming a regular hangout because they were doing so many good shows coming through. And uh, then 2020 came around and, uh, you know, they did such a good job, you know, coming out of the lockdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it was uh, very interesting. Again, I cover a lot of this in the book on uh, March 13th, 2020. Uh, Magnolia Bayou and Them Dirty Roses uh, played sidetracks. It's Friday the 13th. Well, Saturday the 14th, the world shut down. And then within within two months, uh, the first show back was Them Dirty Roses Acoustic. Hey. And then the next, next show back was Magnolia Bayou Acoustic. So, and then comes around October, September, October. Is when the first Throttle Fest was. You know, Shane put together a, an indoor music festival in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, there's so many, so many, so many memories there. But, you know, I actually was attending there before I started shooting there. So I already had a relationship with them. And, you know, so it was easy to approach them and say, is it okay if I do this? But I wasn't the only one because, let me see, Brian Kahn's another photographer in town is shot there. Uh, Samantha White. Um, Oh God, I'm going to forget somebody's name. So I shouldn't have started name dropping, but, uh, everybody's, you know, everybody's welcome to come in there and shoot. You know, there's no, again, unless the artist has a, an issue with it or, you know, if you need pre-approval. So, uh, God, it's great, great memories down at that place. And, uh, give me a little background on the place. Like where exactly was it located? <laughs> well, as you read in the book, it was actually in a strip mall. You know, you pull in the strip mall. When you first pull in, you couldn't even see sidetracks because it's down at the end. It's like way down at the end. And you wouldn't even think it was anything. Um, but you walk in and, and it was, uh, I don't know how they did it or if they had a formula or if they just got lucky, but it just fostered this environment of a family. You know, everybody went there was at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there and known, you know, half, three quarters of the people there. I've been there and been by myself and not knowing anybody there. But, you know, everybody's so friendly and so open. You know, by the end of the night, you've already made more friends. So somehow Eddie and uh, they they just had this. I, it's hard to explain. You know, I've, I've been to a lot of places, but there's most places don't have that environment, that uh, that feeling. That it's just there. Everybody's at home. You walk in. Okay, I'm home. So, Bud, tell me a little bit about of uh, why did you think it was something worth writing about with sidetracks? Why was it worth making a book? Wow, good question. I guess when it cuts down to it is. Uh, that place meant so much to me and uh, so many other people. There's so many other people that had the same, you know, it, at least as strong as some, maybe even stronger attraction to the place. So I guess it was, uh, you know, my way to uh, document it and, you know, maybe my gift to those people that loved it so much. I mean, just someone from the outside, even though I'm from Alabama and just three hours away when I read the book and when I was 
and it's such a fun book and i highly recommend people picking it up not only for your photography work but for the words that you you put into it and uh it it really paints the story of of this venue of man you did such a wonderful job and like man it it really was that illustration of a picture is worth a thousand words yeah, and I, and I think that goes back to your photography, just because you're so damn good at it. But, but man, like when you were when you're telling the story of this venue, and like, man, it makes me really wish I was there to experience it. You know? Yeah, I wish you would have too, because again, it's it's one of those things. It's hard to put into words the atmosphere that they actually, you know, fostered there. It it it's really hard to explain. It's one of those things you had to ex- experience to really understand. Sure. And, uh, you know, people loved it. And, you know, there's so many times that I would go there. There's people that would come to sidetracks from all over the country. Sure. You know, Michael, Michael Robinson, he, he lives in Oregon. <laughs> He'd been to sidetracks twice. You know, that's a dedicated fan, you know, to yeah, fly, no you know, come that far. Uh, there's other people from Georgia, Louisiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, of course, Tennessee, you know, Nashville's just, you know, hour and a half away. Um, you know, the Carolinas, you know, people from all over would come because they heard about it and they wanted to experience it. And there's so many times you would come and it's like I mentioned, you know, earlier about, you know, the nights that you'd know half the people in the room. It, it was some of those shows were like uh, uh, a family reunion. They just happen to have music playing. That seems um, that seems very special, but it's almost like a Grateful Dead or a Fish show to where like it just seems like it wasn't so much who was playing that night; it was just the venue itself. Yeah, yeah. A lot of time. Well, a lot of times it was you know people would follow a band, and you know that's where you would meet some of them. Um, you know, them Dirty Roses. I won't say they got their start in Huntsville, but they, you know, they give sidetracks some credit for, you know, kind of being a springboard, you know, for where they're at now. Uh, but you go see them and you'd meet people. And then the next them dirty roses, you'd see them again. So it's like you, you kept seeing some of these people repeated and then you'd see them at different concerts, you know, different, uh, people that were playing. Uh, so it just really became, you know, at times like a, a family reunion out in the parking lot before the show. You know, sure. a lot of hugging necks and, you know, sitting and catching up and, you know, not just with the, the fans that were coming, that, you know, the bands were the same way. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of these bands that played there, you know, have become, you know, friends with and, you know, periodically, you know, you check on each other and, uh, you know, some of these guys, you know, uh, Throttle Fest 3 is coming up around the corner and uh, there's some guys that, that are playing that I haven't seen in, you know, a year or so and there's you know, fans that will be coming that I haven't seen. So, uh, it'll be, you know, another one. It's not at sidetracks, but, uh, it, I think that that weekend's going to have a sidetracks feel to it. I can feel it coming. Well, bud, let me ask you this, uh, someone like me and I was, I was just someone who followed you on social media and was such a huge fan of your photography. And then I saw that you were working on this book and I was incredibly interested in it. So I was an easy catch. (laughs) <laughs> but but us talking here on the internet of why should someone that doesn't know anything about Huntsville or the sidetracks, why would they why would they be remotely interested in this book? What's the draw? Well, I hope there's a good enough story there. You know, um What's the story? Tell me a little sto- bit about that story. The story's about the people. Mm. You know, it's the people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, uh, you know, I have intended since I finished and, you know, it didn't launch till late June. So it's only been out a little over a month. Um, I intended to go back and count the number of people that I interviewed. And, uh, I've also been intending to go back and count the, uh, number of pictures and tour posters, you know, you know, that, that alone for a music fan, you know, just to flip through and look at the, uh, music posters and, uh, I, you know, it's, it's the people, you know, and it's not just the, 
the fans that would show up. It's, it included the employees. They were part of the family. Sure. You, know, you had bands that would meld into part of the family. So it's, you know, the book's about the people and it's, it's, uh, all positive. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I, I set out to, uh, begin this thing, I decided very early on that I didn't want to cast a shadow on anybody or anything. Bob, and, what, uh, what experience did you have writing a book before this venture? <laughs> um, well, let me see how many I've done before. There's no, none. I had none. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. And, what, I know, mean, what really made you want to do it? What made you want to put it in like a book format, man? Well, I got the idea. I mean, this wasn't an all original idea. Of course, everybody that's got an idea has got it from somewhere else. Sure. Um, last year, I think it was just prior to Sidetracks closing, a, uh, a manager of a band that I had met at Sidetracks. He, uh, Ryan Pope, great, great guy. Love the mm-hmm. guy to death. He, it, when I first met him, he was a road manager of a band out of Murfreesboro called a uh, revelry. So then he comes back around with a band, uh, that he's managing now Ace Monroe. Now you got to check these guys. Both of those bands are just phenomenal. And I, uh, I truly trust anything that you or Nikki says. Y'all have yeah. wonderful taste. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki's a a music nut. She's she's into it. Yeah, she is. But uh, Ryan asked me. Uh, God, I think it was the last time Ace Monroe played that right before Sidetracks was closing, and uh, they were about to play the uh, Exit In in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to come up and uh, shoot their show that uh, it was a couple of days later. And at that time, Exit In was also closing. Uh, the word was a uh, developer had bought that whole square and was fixing it. And Exit In, I don't want to compare sidetracks to the Exit In because Exit In, you're talking about historical. Uh, you walk in and it's got the walls with all these names of everybody that played there. And I mean, it's like anybody that's anybody in music has mm-hmm. played there. And it got to the point, it was, you know, I felt, Right after I walked in, I start looking around, and it's almost like uh, Wayne and Garth in uh, Wayne's World Two, where they, you know, and they meet Alice Cooper. I'm not worthy. I'm, you know, that's like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so it, it cut the uh, story shorter. The uh, I was you at the however you want to tell it, man. There's a little bar right in front of Exit Inn uh, that's attached to it, and we were sitting there having a drink, talking, and somebody had gone back and done the history. And which with the exit in, it's a real history. And they had done a more of a tabletop book, mm-hmm. a coffee table book. And uh I looked through it and I said, Wow, this is amazing. And so right after sidetracks closed, I think it had been closed like two or three weeks. You know, I was feeling a little lost. I didn't have a hangout. So I just bounced the idea off a couple of people. I said, What do you think about uh putting a book out on this? And you know, everybody was all for it. Um, so, you know, I started and I started doing some interviewing and the more I, you know, I started getting into it. I said, Oh God, I'm getting all this information. I have no idea what to do. I don't know anything about putting a book out and I almost stopped, almost abandoned the project. And then, uh, and one day I was like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to prove to myself that I can do it. And, uh, I, I did it, you know, that first copy come in the mail, I'm holding it. I'm like, well, this is so surreal. Sure. So, yeah. uh, but it's yeah. out, you know, and I hope people enjoy it. I really do. You know, that, you know, I've had some people tell me, you know, the things that they've said, uh, a, a guy that I think so highly of lives over in, uh, uh, Florence. He made a comment that it's the best book in history. Now I don't take that. It's just the best. I know it's not the best, but for him to get such emotional lift out of it, you know, that's what really got me about his comment. Well, it really grabbed me by the heartstrings, <laughs> even though I, I had never been and just seeing the photography and like just reading through it. It was it was something that really captivated my attention. Um, and, and it's it was something that I wish I got to experience. And I could only imagine reading it as someone who had, you know, yeah, it, would yeah. almost, it, it would almost be like flipping through a yearbook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, Matt, the, the guy that made that comment, uh, Matt Sullivan, uh, uh, he actually had attended as a fan 
and as an artist. He was in a band that got to play there a couple of times. So he got to see it from the stage and then from the floor. So he had a real, you know, he had a real best emotional investment in that place. So, you know, for him to make that kind of comment, there's been other people that made comments and, you know, some of the things they've said it, you know, it, it makes me feel good that it, you know, it, it reached them on an emotional level. Sure, man. To say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things that have been said is, you know, it's really, it, uh, I don't know if pride is the correct word, but you know, just that feeling that, you know, you, you made somebody feel good. Well, man, uh, you know, I, I'm just familiar with you through social media and your photography. And then you send me um, the Dropbox version of the book and I get to read it. And the amount of work that you put into writing that was equivalent to the caliber of your photography and like <laughs> but, but, bud gambrel you 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 are no kind of man that sells anything short and you put your entire heart into whatever you do and so i want to accommodate you on that man like, like you're gonna you're gonna make me cry a little bit I, dude <laughs> dude like thank respect, you that's, that's so kind of word that's so kind for you to say respect. so kind yeah uh, and I'm glad you did it. And, I, and I'm so happy that people are like so proud of, and I don't know if that's the right word is pride, but like to think of their music scene in such a way and to take that time. It's one thing to be a photographer for the scene. Mm -hmm. but it's, a, it's another thing to write a book and not only uh, forward and write a book and have all these pictures to illustrate what you're talking about, but Man, it is truly an immersive experience, and that is something that I highly recommend. I mean, it, it kind of takes me back to, like, some of these famous joints, you know, like we think about all over the United States. Um, and I'm blanking on uh, the one in New York City that shut down. It was the big punk scene, and I, I can't Oh, remember. God. Uh, Studio 54? Yeah, and, and things like that. And it's like, you really, like, like, who else has done this for Alabama? Who else is like, you know, like who else has done this? And I mean, that, that was a big part of like, not only because I'm a huge fan of your photography, but like for you to like stake your claim in writing. And now it's historical because you wrote about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I never thought of it that way, but you know, I did it again. You know, I did it for, you know, for the people that were there and for anybody that likes a good story, I was hoping it would be a good story because, you know, the day uh, I actually hit publish, I was like, you know, I almost couldn't push the button because oh, I, man. Felt, I felt like I was, you know, exposing a certain amount of myself. Yeah, you, know, you the are. People, you know, as I got this, okay, am I ready to, are people going to like this? Are they going to hate it? You know, it's like, uh, okay, I got got to do it just so i hit publish and you know the people have read it i've heard some really you know really good feedback and again that uh for them to get that emotional uh you know i actually had uh two women that were uh mandy and brandy oddly enough and they both worked there and they said they cried through the whole book and i said well it wasn't supposed to make you sad and they said no it was tears uh, of happiness they oh, you know, yeah they they you know it Got him I, on that emotional level. I never experienced it. And just going through that book, like just because, you know, the venues of rather being on stage or a part of the crowd, like, dude, you did such a great job of enveloping that story and that scene, man. Well, I couldn't have done it with all the people that helped me out. I mean, there's That's a true. lot of people. I mean, there, there's no way I would even mention any more names because you look at that very last section the thank you section mm -hmm. it's uh it's a fairly lengthy number of people that you know gave me their time you know to do interviews yeah you sure. know so that took a lot of time and then you had to compile all of that and try to make sense of it and you know hopefully get some kind of flow uh but yeah you asked earlier i i didn't know anything about doing a book um i did i did i did the whole thing other than you know the part where people did the interviews you know, I even did the uh, layout inside. Uh, mm -hmm. I gathered up all the posters. I ended up doing the uh, editing myself. So that that book is 
like mine. I mean, I did everything. Yeah. Well, but let me tell you, let me ask you. Oh, except for, let me back up and and retrieve it. I did not do everything. There are some pictures in there that I did not take. So Mm -hmm. I didn't do those, but there were other photographers that were willing to, you know, let me use them for the book. Sure. Uh, Let me ask you this. You you spoke of vulnerability. If I I can't even say the word right. Being vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. is there a difference between this art of writing than taking a photograph to you? Uh, I've gotten so well. The photography thing. Uh, because in both aspects, you're kind of behind the lens. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, the first time I started again, you know, really started posting and taking a lot of pictures, it was at sidetrack. So the first couple of times I was kind of like, well, should I post these? You know, it's one of those, will anybody like it or where they say it sucks or, you know, and I still do that when I pick something to, you know, put on, I'm like, well, you know, but you're is, a badass. Oh no, man. I'm, I'm just, it's the camera and it's the editing, <laughs> you know, Adobe and Sony, they make me look good. Oh, come on, dude. You got an <laughs> eye for it. Well, I mean, so I, that- I could take, I could take a picture of a rock. But I mean, I feel like you could take a picture of the same rock and make it blow up. <laughs> Let's go, well, baby. We can add some special effects and some overlays in there, a couple of yeah. flames and well, like some a nuclear smoke. bomb going on. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, plug. Uh, tell the good people. Uh, about the website and how they can get more integrated with the story of the book. Absolutely. Well, uh, right now it is, uh, the main distributors, Amazon mm-hmm. and just go to amazon.com and, uh, search sidetracks music hall. And anytime I've done it, it comes right up and it's, it's the hardback and the softback and the ebook are all in the same listing. You just pick which one you want. Now, local to Huntsville, uh, the good folks at the fret shop have copies available and, uh, as vertical house records, which is, uh, they've got to have every record ever made in there. Uh, they have got it. They're carrying it local too. So that right now is the three distribution spots. I wanted to, uh, pitch this to you and, this is the way that I would really want to ingest it. I'm, I'm, I've already read it, but what if what if you did a version and you can take your time? You have you've had the hard copies out, you have the ebook out, but what if you got people to narrate it and read it? Like you read some, and maybe some of the musicians that came through read some, and some of the some of the people read some, and you made like a really really cool like experience as far as reading it like yeah yeah it's, Some, it's an it's an audiobook somebody had, that? somebody had asked me that question before and i had to stop and think about it and my gut reaction answer to that question is it wouldn't be the same without the pictures i think the show posters and the pictures make the book just so ah. just to listen to the story it would not be as interesting to me it kind of goes back to the picture being worth a thousand words. Like those yeah, pictures yeah. are really telling the story along with the words as you go yeah. through and read it. I understand you know, we, that. We got pictures, you know, from, you know, uh, on stage. We got pictures off stage, you know, people, you know, yeah. out on the patio, uh, all the show posters. I don't know how many, you know, and all the show posters I did, you know, each chapter is a year. And sure. the show posters and the pictures in that chapter are year specific. Mm-hmm. It's not like that that jumps around each chapter has, you know, if it's got a picture or a show poster, it's from that particular year. So spend a lot of time going through and checking dates and in certain pictures where they go. So, but without the pictures, I don't think it would be the same story. I don't disagree with that. Uh, yeah. And just to go back to the book to give people a better idea of what they're getting themselves into is you're telling the five-year story of a music venue and just all the everything that took place right like you you got these photographs and also you're telling the story by word like what's going on well just for the listeners what's going on 
Well, you know, one thing that, that listeners, if you do ebooks, uh, when I had started this, I went back and documented, I think, every show that I ever played from opening to closing. And I included that calendar in the ebook. Mm-hmm. I, di- I did not imprint because it would added 100, 150 more pages and the price would have gone higher. And I think the price is right now, I think it's, you know, Amazon. That's my only, I don't, I'm not a millionaire. I can't go print a huge book, a box of books. So I'm, you know, Amazon does all that. Um, but more pages would have made it more costly because it's full color. So it's 357 pages, full color. A lot of a lot of colored pictures. I, I love the show poster part of it. But yeah, uh, like, and and don't be intimidated. Like, if you're listening, and if you're interested, it's like 357 pages. But like, I mean, there's, it's it's not like reading the Bible or like <clears throat> reading a, reading a history book. Now there might be a section. There might be, you know, what five six pages that are nothing but pictures and show posters. Right. So yeah. yeah, you can you can skip through parts of it relatively. Qu- well, you can't go through it quick because. You know, I think that's you part of the attraction too. Yeah, you got to take in. You know, my fiance, which has had uh, uh, access to this thing the whole time, she still hadn't finished it because she keeps stopping and looking at pictures. <laughs> that like, was that was so. What was so hard for me, Bud, when I contacted you about having you on the show and you sent me the PDF, and like you would continue to contact me, and it's like, buddy, I just need more time. I need more time. Like. I thought I was reading it right, and I felt like you were rushing me a little bit. Well, no, I just no, I was just following up, following up. You know, if I yeah, let I things like, go too long, yeah. I'll forget them for good. That's that's true, and I, I'm glad you kind of stayed on my horse about that. You know, it, it it was good for me too. But like, dude, I was like, you know, I would spend thirty minutes here, an hour there, and I was like, I'm really enjoying this, and like, you did such a wonderful job of portraying the scene. And sidetrack to almost make it feel like I was there, and I've I've never had an experience like that. So I want to commend you on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I tried to. That's what I was shooting for. Because as you've noticed, I mean, there's so many people that I talk to. Mm. You know, the employees, uh, people that attended uh, bands. I had a couple of managers. I even in the very end, if you notice, there's a couple of people that never got to play there that had heard of it. Mm-hmm. that would have liked to have played there. So I even got, you know, outsiders, you know, a couple of little bites from uh, people from the outside. So it, it included so many different walks of life that uh, that's why I was shooting for that enjoyable. I guess probably a good word. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, bud, um, unless you instruct me differently, I got three questions for you and we'll walk it out of the door. Okay. Number one is uh, I would like for you to plug the website and to plug all the places to where they can find this book and keep up with your photography. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Amazon.com. You can get the hardback, softback, and ebook. Um, locally in Huntsville area, the uh, fret shop on uh, Jordan Lane has uh, paperback. I don't currently have any hardbacks uh, with me. We had that release party, and I sold every one of my hardbacks. Um, and also at uh, Vertical House Records over at Low Mill has some paperbacks as well. Uh, if you want to follow me, just friend uh, Bud Gambrell on Facebook, or I've got a, a Dragonfly imagery page on Facebook as well. I've got Instagram, but I don't really keep it updated. Mm-hmm. And I've got an actual website, but uh, I wasn't getting a lot of traffic, so I don't keep it updated. So I mainly use social media on Facebook. Sure. Uh, question two is um, uh, tell us a little, bit, a little bit more about your photography. And I know most of it is available on your Facebook, but are you still uh, being the absolute boss on photography when it comes to live music. Well, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be the best. You know, I've got so I know so many people that do photography, and there's a couple of them that I admire. You know, just big time, and I, I want to be as good as them one day. So that's what I'm shooting for. Well, dude, I, I got to be honest with you. It's like we got somebody here in town, and I'll call him out, Chris Jenkins. He does a great job here in Columbus, Mississippi. 
but uh, I like his work, and he's done a lot of uh, great work like you have. But, man, since I've been enamored with your work, I was like, man, you you were unbelievable. I, I like. I don't know if you take like five hundred shots at one oh, yeah. go, but you, you just oh, yeah. seem you just seem to. Oh just, yeah, I shoot a, I shoot a very high ratio. Yes, you just seem to catch the moment, even if it's down to the milli millisecond. Well, there's times that I'll shoot in what they call a burst, where you know I've got to be focused in on somebody and just hold the shutter down and just let it just just. And then you go through and pick that one where you get an emotion. You know, that's what I try to shoot for is that emotion of the yeah. player at the time. And last question to walk out of the door. It's real fun. You ready? Yeah. What is your karaoke song? I have never done karaoke. Well, if you did, <laughs> what would it be? Oh, wow. Uh I'll tell you mine. You know, that would probably depend on if I was drinking beer or drinking tequila. So that would probably be depending on the mood of the night. (laughs) Have you got any kind of an answer for me, though? Oh, geez. You know, it it would probably be something not easy, but not with a lot of range. Probably something country, uh, like something Ward Davis or Cody Jinks or Tyler Tisdale, something that. Ooh, I wouldn't Tyler have to Tisdale, show my like what I wouldn't have to show, you know, all this range because you know I grew up in the eighties and seventies listening to heavy metal and rock and roll and it ain't no I wouldn't even try you know what some of those guys do <laughs> make a fool of myself. Fair enough. Well, let me ask you one last question for you. Hey? Uh what is your uh, what's your favorite hangout in Huntsville right now? I don't have one. I don't have one. They close side. They close my. They closed close my hangout. Now there is a place that you know we mentioned Throttle Fest uh, 2023 coming up. It's at a uh, little place uh, off of downtown called Rocket Republic, and they are shooting for that same kind of atmosphere. So it's it's nice down there, but it hadn't really sunk its teeth into me like Sidetrack has. I understand that completely, man. I I, I do know what it is like to lose a scene, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it sucked, you know, and, and there's still know, people. It's, it's it's not only that, it's like not only do you not have a place to go, but uh, all the people who hung out there, they all feel displaced a little bit. And so you all feel like scattered mice looking for somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and oftentimes you don't end up anywhere. You just you never go anywhere again, you know. And so yeah. I, and I and I hope they do. I hope well, they do. I hope it, you know, that that the guys, you know, Paul, the owner, one, you know, one of the co-owners down at Rocket Republic, great, great guy. So, you know, they're trying to shoot for the that kind of same kind of hangout. Um, but I like it down there. That's where we did the uh, book release party. Is it Rocket Ooh. Republic? So great people. Right on. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I know I went over my three questions, but anything else you would like to plug or do before we go? No, no, I just want to thank you again for having me. I, you know, I, I appreciate the time you give me and uh, give me a chance to uh, tell people the story of that book. And uh, I hope people that get it, you know, enjoy it. Uh, you know, that's my only hope. And again, you know, it doesn't doesn't cast a, a shadow. There's no dirt. There's no uh, there's no bad news in it. I tried to keep it positive from the from the beginning. And that's that's where I ended up with it. But it's a wonderful book, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much. And oh, thank you, Alan. Man, long live uh, Dragonfly Image. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, whatever you continue to pursue to do, man, you take care of yourself, okay? All right, you too, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Talk soon. One, two. Hey
No 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.